everybody, welcome to another episode of MG Rants. I'm Tanning Grace. As always, always, I'm joined by Ross Merriam. And uh, I can't speak today, which uh, I don't know what's going on there. But hopefully I can get through this episode because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, this is probably the... Is it is this the most cards that they've banned slash unbanned in one announcement in like years? Uh, I, I was trying to like how many were banned unbanned the day that Pioneer got announced because I remember it being a bunch of cards too, but it was it only four? Yeah, and even then that that was you know four years ago at this point. So. Yeah, because we we actually joked about that because that's the genesis of this of this podcast is like there was a day where there's a they warned it was another one where they warned us too they're like things are going to change, and then there was a banned announcement. And everybody was freaking out about it. Twitter was talking about that. And then, like, buried in the announcement, they're like, oh, by the way, we made this new format. I remember messaging you, or, like, I think I messaged, like, the BCW chat or something. And I was like, guys, did you notice this? And everybody's like, what? And I was like, Ross, like, this is a real thing, and, like, this could be really good. You know, and then uh, I think it was within 45 minutes of the announcement, we had the uh, the email made. The we, we, we got, what, I think four different Twitter accounts, depending on what name we wanted to use. Yeah. Like, we had, like, already started the whole podcast. I know we recorded the first episode that night. It was literally, yeah. like, Monday evening. I wanted to fight you after the first week of recording, too, because you made us do that, like, the four-hour episode. That was the second episode. God, that was, yeah, that was so Slash brutal. third. I kept telling you, too, I was like, we're not doing this, and you're like, no, no, well, it's, yeah, it's well, fine. Let's the it'll be fine. Up. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. And it was, it was not fine. <laughs> three hours <laughs> in, we're halfway through. I was like, yeah, I guess we'll pick it up t- tomorrow. You pick up the pace, and I'm just like, yeah. you can just see the blood draining from my face as we go along. Oh man, they're all good decks, Bront. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess you're, I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, it kind of makes sense to like bring that up today because I don't know if you saw this. It kind of got buried in the announcement, even though we're talking about this. So it's uh, it's about three p.m. so four p.m. for Ross on Monday. That you know the band announcement has happened. I'm seeing people on Twitter finally realize the other thing. You know, say. Arena made another new format today, Ross. I didn't even, literally did not know that until we were setting up the show and you told me. Yeah, and I was like, I, I really considered giving it the, uh, hoping you didn't know and waited to tell you, but it's all over Twitter now. People are trying to talk about it because like Fire Shoes talked about it. And I kind of wanted to have like the Patrick Sullivan moment where you like find out live on air and you just have a candid moment. Kind of like this the is... Smuggler's Copter playmat. You know, like all this comes full circle. I already couldn't name every single format on arena i'm sure like i i guarantee you i couldn't con- uh constructed format and it now is. there's just another one but this i this is like arena vintage right because sure. they had been like making cards that were part of paper sets and they like had some reprints that they wanted for purposes in paper and but they wanted the sets on arena so they had to like ban the really powerful cards that were mainly there for paper and now they've just sort of like invented a format to make those cards playable is that a, a, am i Sure. Am I correct in that assessment? It's, that sounds good. There's three restricted cards. Nothing's banned yeah. yet. It's uh, Demonic Tutor, Tybalt's Trickery, and Channel, if I remember right, are the three cards that, like, I think, you know, I, I think it's restricted is what it said, not yeah. banned. Let me double check this. So we're going to have, you know, disgusting things happening, but this also matters because the next arena open, if I remember right, is Cons Limited, like old school Cons, and yeah. I think we're getting just the entire set, which means fetch lands. So, like, they're going to be an arena now, so you're going to have fetch lands, or at least half of the fetch lands of this format. And then I'm assuming, this is an assumption, because I don't know if you remember this. Remember a couple years ago when they announced they were going to give us Pioneer Masters or whatever? And, and they're like, oh, by the end of next year. And people were excited about it. I remember saying this, directly quoted, and I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. Because I, I didn't expect it to happen, and here we are, like, three years later, two years later, it hasn't happened. Yeah. I believe that we'll probably get some kind of a, arena format 
thing where they put a bunch of cards in and they'll give us the other fetch lands in that so they can have all the fetch lands for this vintage format thing. Yeah. It's called it? timeless, timeless, by the way. Yeah. Yes, it's called timeless. So yeah, like I have a feeling something like that is, is coming along the way for it. But uh, again, double checking here real quick. Uh, yeah, the initial restricted list for timeless only includes the following three cards. Channel, the Bond Tutor, Tibalt's Trickery. And I love it. For some reason, you can only click on Tibalt's Trickery in the article. They don't want you to know. Oh, never mind. They, they just updated as I was saying this. Yeah. <laughs> like as I was saying it, you can now click on all three of the cards. To... Also, they're just going to give you a free timeless dragon. Uh, that you'll get in in-game boxes because it happens in like in, in like a week or two. It's very soon. Yeah. So you'll get a free Timeless Dragon, which is kind of cute. How about we get some free Smuggler's Copters, which we'll talk about here <laughs> in just a moment because that's not on Arena hey, yet. We'll talk about that I in just already a moment. Ha- I, I uh, still have my set you pack that rat. I paid $60 for mm-hmm. six years ago. And well, you, you easily got your money back, though, because like I remember, I think it was the first Invitational where they had Pioneer. You played the Mono Black Aggro deck with Copter when it was oh, like yeah. secretly the best deck. People hadn't really figured it out yet, even though we've been talking about it on the show. We're like, Pretty sure this is the best deck. I think you like seven won. I did and, and, I, I into like a top thirty-two or top sixteen. No, I don't think um, you top eight, but I remember you. you yeah, definitely I, I didn't top eight. I think I top sixteen. There, there was a run where I top sixteen like every invitation. Yeah, it was it was gross. Like you were just crushing everything. You kind of had the year that like our editor Britton is having this year, where like everything he plays it, he just like yeah, I just yeah. keep cashing. Or like he just won another RCQ recently. Like I think like a week or two ago, if we didn't mention this on the show. Congratulations, Britt. Great job. You're the only one on the show that keeps uh, that keeps that, winning and, and stuff. Did I tell you this? I almost competed in something over the weekend. Oof. Almost, though. I, I, well, okay, so uh, they had a local 1K like come up out of nowhere. They're like, you know, get some practice in for Atlanta. Uh, I talked to a few people because, like, I don't have that many cards anymore. I kind of, like, sold a bunch of my collection. And uh, I was like, does anybody have, like, a Phoenix deck that I can borrow? And I was, like, looking online trying to find, like, a Phoenix primer because I have, like, no idea how to sideboard in certain matchups. I don't want to yeah. rack my brain trying to figure it out on the fly and really mess up. Because, like, h- here's the thing. It's the same thing when, like, I play golf and stuff now. Like, I can enjoy it when I'm doing it, but the thing that gets to me is when I'm doing something that I used to be good at, and now I'm no longer good at that or as good as I was, I get frustrated. And, like, I can't help it, you know? And, like, I don't mind losing games of Magic when I lose a game of Magic. Like, you know, you and I are playing back and forth, and, like, you get me, or, like, you draw a little better than I do, whatever. When I mess up something that I shouldn't mess up, that gets to me, Ross. Or, like, just because I'm rusty or something, you know, from, like, like of actual physical play. Like, oh, that yeah. can really get to me. No, I, I agree. It, it's, it happens to me most often uh, playing tennis. Okay. So, you know, obviously, you know, living where I live and, you know, Corey and I are too cheap to, like, you know, pay for indoor court time during the winter. Sure. We basically just take, you know, three months off every year. And then when the spring happens, we get on the court again. And the first, like, two times we've we played in the British. spring are rough yeah <laughs> there's a lot of balls that get hit into the net eight feet past the line there's yeah. a lot of balls that go off the frame it is ugly and it's, it just takes a little to get back into it those are always it's just we know it's coming and you just gotta slog through it uh yeah, you just gotta and, giggle yeah and smile and regain some semblance of muscle memory it's sure oof it's it's a very common thing uh like i really identify this again with, with the golf thing because the other thing you have to tell yourself when you're playing golf is like, so, you know, we, we joke about this. I know Brent disagrees and some people in here disagree, but it's it's a widely accepted fact or thing that the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball, right? Like physically, like swinging a baseball bat at a ball coming at you at 99 miles an hour with movement. Like, yeah, yeah, like whatever. Like 
you can you can the only time i see people really try to disagree with it they have to like make caveats and i'm like of the like small physical thing you have to do that is a initial thing you like i think you have to do for the sport like this is the hardest thing to do in sports because it's the only one where like if you succeed 30 percent of the time you are heralded as a god (laughs) in in the sport you know but athletes in every sport can you know run fast and jump high Uh, yeah baseball has such a high skill cap yes why it takes players years to develop in the minor leagues whereas like in the nfl your rookies come in and make an immediate impact i just yeah that doesn't happen at 21 for most players in major league baseball yeah like your physical your your actual prime is generally considered like your 27th or 28th year on the planet where in the other sports is like early 20s you're at your physical peak while you're you know your mental is caught so, i mean there's some there's some leeway, yeah I, I would say that's about true of other sports too but that's also just like it's because you're playing it's other people it just takes a sure. while to like learn how to play sure. a professional sport at a high level mentally whereas <laughs> you know your physical peak does come a little bit earlier and the reason i was getting to this is like uh to go a step further there's, there's people that talk about that they're like the hardest thing to do in sport if you agree or disagree whatever like i'm just for the sake of this argument is to hit a baseball but the hardest skill, they're like the, the hardest skill, like sport to get good at the physical, the actual skill of it is golf. They're like the the biggest gap between a professional player and your average Joe is could possibly be golf. And it just does it. It just baffles people when they look at because they're like, the ball's not moving. Like, I don't understand how hard can this be? It is the most humbling thing I have ever done in my life for us. That yeah. game is infuriating That's at how hard and difficult it is you're hitting a tiny ball across hundreds of yards into a tiny hole <laughs> yeah and, you know and your margin for error is basically none yeah you know like you get one bad shot you're fucked yeah <laughs> if, if, if your hips are slightly misaligned if the yeah. blade of the of the club is slightly misaligned when okay. it makes contact with the ball if your follow-through is slightly too low or too high or if you're, you're suddenly you're off enough. by 50 yeah. yards left yeah. or right which is not the direction you want to be off in yeah, and like, you know, I, I started playing a decent bit again, and like my score started getting a little more consistent. And one of my buddies who I played with, he was like, you know, what's different? I was like, well, you know, I got like some new clubs. And like, there's the joke. It's not, you're, you're not bad at golf. You just need new clubs. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It did help, right? Getting some more modern day technology. Like, my irons were old and stuff, and like, you know, whatever. It helped out, but like, uh, my misses got better was the easiest way to explain it. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, like, when I miss at a ball, you know, it doesn't go like, it doesn't dribble in front of in front of me twenty yards, or like goes you know way off to the right or way off to the left. Like now, it's at least like progressed down the field, you know, down, yeah. down the fairway. D- towards Tennis the hole. says the same thing. Like yeah. I, I can hit a ball and you know I shank it or I hit it way. I can feel that I didn't hit the sweet spot of the racket on the strings, and you know the ball is wide. Or I can hit a ball that like barely clips the tape of the net, but otherwise was struck solidly. I'm like, okay, I can live with that. You know. Yeah, and the reason I brought this up is like. There's a similar thing with the winter thing to kind of like turn this all the way back if you and Corey. We don't get it as bad here as you do. There's like months where you live where like you cannot play golf. Yeah. Here there's, a, we get a little more of a window because our weather's a little different. You know, it doesn't snow here. Um, You can technically play year round if you can put up with the weather, but like it, you don't want to and some of the courses won't even let you. But um, to kind of fight that this year, I'm actually thinking about getting lessons during the winter, like during like December, January, January, February, when it's like really cold. Because, like, there's indoor places here, right? Yeah. And, like, just, you know, just some yeah, just basic to stuff. Golf. <laughs> uh, that place is awful, by the way. It's really... F- okay, that place is super fun. Yeah. Like, if you want to go with your friends and stuff. But, like, I, that's not a place that I ever want to go because it's not it's not an actual... It's not actual golf. And I'm going to try to be mean or... Uh, what's the word? Like, not inclusive. 
it's just, yeah. it's not it's like bowling but golf you know what i mean like yeah yeah oh, like it's, it, it is a golf themed game of its yes. own design and yeah and that's fun like i remember i went in vegas with some friends when we were there recently for an event and we had a blast you know it was like eight of us we had like you know some drinks some food and we we're just hitting balls and like you know everyone was like you know kind of bad like they don't play golf and then me and one other guy did so we started like batting on it you know, and stuff. We started like having like a lot of fun yeah. with it and shit. You know, because like we we were like, oh, you actually play? He's like, yeah, yeah, I actually play. I was, like, cool. Like we could have to fun and stuff. Because you know, that's like you know, because I get up there the first one and he's like, I, I hit a ball and everybody gets quiet. I do like what? You know, cause, like I went last. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> you can actually hit it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I used to play. You know, like, whatever, blah blah blah. But yeah, like get some lessons in and stuff. Just because like if you're gonna put time and effort into it, like you might as well, right? And this you know goes a lot for a lot of. It, and I swear to God, we're not just rambling right now. All of this comes back into what we've been talking yeah. about for the last, uh, let me look at the timer here, for the last like 10 minutes where like I talk about, you know, playing magic over the weekend and stuff like that. Like if you don't practice time into it, your expectations need to be realistic and you know, you're not going to be as good. Like don't get me wrong. Like I could have still showed up and played this thing over the weekend and like there's a chance I could have won it. You know, if I draw well and play well in a few spots and I don't get into situations where like the rustiness is going to come through because you could have lucky tournaments, right? Where like your yeah. road is easier to win than normal. And then there's yeah, some where your road is harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't, but yeah. anyway, you get what I'm saying. Cause like, well, it's for smaller things too. Like there's definitely times where like, you know, if, if I'm playing a deck where I'm going to get into a really complicated situation. And if I haven't practiced with the deck a lot or have never come up in a situation, the odds of me of getting correct, everything correct in that moment are a lot lower than normal. Yeah. That if I've been there before. You also just, you pick up on a lot less. So much of your reads in Magic are based on knowing your opponent's deck and then how they play. You're like, oh, they must have this card. Otherwise, they, mm -hmm. you know, they don't have Bone Crusher Giant. They would have stopped here. Or the, like, you yeah. know, th things like that. And if you're not exactly sure what's in everyone's deck and what's in their sideboard, like, you're just not going to pick up on the cards that they have and you're not going to be able to play around them as effectively. So you're basically just playing blind. You have to play straightforward, very ABC Magic and just kind of hope for the best. And yeah, yeah, sometimes like that works out. You're you don't get punished. Your opponents don't have the cards that that would have punished you. But it, more often than not, you eventually run into the buzzsaw. And speaking of running into the buzzsaw and making sure you get enough time and effort in, again, like I said, all this is connected. Ross, everyone who's listening and everyone at home that has that is going to play in Atlanta, like we talked about, um, we talked about pre-show. Sorry for everybody. Ross and I were talking about Atlanta. Um, if you're if you're planning on playing there, there there's a chance. You don't need to change anything. Like, if you're playing maybe Red, White, Convoke, maybe a couple card changes or whatever, but uh, a couple formats got really shook up today. If you haven't heard yet, there was a big ban announcement. And let me pull this up just to make sure I get everything correct, but we had Modern and Pioneer get White shook up here today, Ross. Yeah, and both really needed it. You know, this yeah, has been a very for stale sure. year for Tournament Magic, and I'm, I'm glad to see it. It's been, what, about a year and a half for Pioneer? And they even said it today. They were like, look, we've kind of left this format alone for like a year and a half-ish. Ish. Yeah. You know, this is an approximate time. And they said that maybe they'll have a little, they'll be a little heavier hand going forward, be a little more hands-on. That but I thought was a really nice. underrated aspect of this announcement. You know, yeah, I, they, they, basic, they basically came out and said, like, we're going to be quicker to ban things in Pioneer in the future so that the format doesn't get stale like it has. And th that is a, a major shift, so... Uh, I, I suspect, I suspect we're going to get into this, um, you know, rhythm where there's a standard RCQ season of modern RCQ season and a pioneer RCQ season. And we'll probably get the format shaken up in the beginning of those seasons <laughs> and maybe yeah. again at the end, but very often at the beginning, the same way, you know, they always used to ban something in modern right before the modern pro tour. 
just yeah. so things would be a little bit different. That's when Twin got banned. That's when Pod got banned. You know, Treasure Cruise, all of those cards. So uh, I, I suspect that we will fall into that rhythm where they'll likely let things go in the offseason when the formats are less uh, played and there's fewer eyes on them. And they will be more, you know, much more apt to drop the band hammer when the eyes turn to that format. And I'm going to agree with you here because, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's kind of he- nice hearing this from them. They're, they're like, look, we realize we maybe let this go a little bit over like the last year and a half pioneer because it, it yeah. got really stale for quite a while. You know, like Monogreen is the best deck for a very long time. You know, some things changed, but yeah. like. And there it is a, a bit of... ironic that like this is probably the lowest that Mono Green has been sure. in the metagame at that time, and now sure. we get the ban. But you know, yeah. you've got you got to think of it more, uh, you know, big picture than be narrowly focused on the here and now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and so you know we're going to switch it. And the overall prevailing loud voices that I've you know I've seen on Pioneer and uh, Modern and stuff on Twitter have been saying for a while that like they don't think either one of the formats are great. And that they could each use some work, and we've got that today. And so uh, that started out with uh, quite a bang here this morning. Waking up because you saw that uh, what was it? Two cards got banned from uh, Pioneer today. One that we were for sure was going to be gone with the way they were talking. The other one, I was pretty sure on both of these cards were going to get banned. Just there was some people saying maybe the other one would. And I'm just going to go. Car and the Great Creator is finally banned. I think it's. I think we can say the word finally there because it feels yeah. like this should have been gone for quite a while. And then Geological Appraiser has been banned. So you're not going to have the whole redundancy, you know, Splinter Twin-ish thing going on here. And then there was one other line of text here in Pioneer Ross. And we got a card unbanned. And uh, that's Smuggler's Copter. We kind of alluded to it earlier today. Uh, of course, it's not even on Arena yet. So we could like maybe get that. But uh, it makes me wonder, do, do they, they think this card's good for the format? Do they think Magic's passed this card by? That's possible that the format possibly has. But I'm excited to see this card back because this card was format-defining for a while. And if it's just good at this point, I'd like to have it back in the format. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it was legal for maybe two months before uh, it got banned. It felt like a lot longer than that to me, yeah. but I don't, so maybe the, I'm wrong. The format was made in mid to late October of 2019, right as Throne of Eldraine was released, and Copter did not last much longer than the Invitational, SCG Invitational in November. Mm-hmm. I think it got banned in December. It might have even been late November because we did, I remember we, we did an episode on cards we thought were going to be banned. Like, after, you know, it was right after they made the announcement that bans were going to slow down because they were doing it sort of every week in that first month of the format. And right after they made the announcement things were going to slow down, we sort of made our like watch list of cards that we thought were going to be banned. We have the, the Delve spells on them that have managed to survive. I remember I, I talked a lot about Mox Amber, and then yeah. we, we had things like Nexus of Fate that got banned shortly after, and some others that, that also uh, met mm-hmm. a demise. Uh, but Smuggler's Copter did not last that long in the format, but it made a really huge impact while it was there. It was in a variety of decks. Yep. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, the Mono Black Aggro deck was Blue one of the white. best decks in the early days of the format, and and yeah. survived after the Copter ban. Mono Black yep. Aggro was part of the format for probably a year or so. Different versions of it, too. Yeah. Um, There's a blue-white you know, deck as well that, that did well with Smuggler's Copter. That was the first Smuggler's Copter deck, actually, remember, right? Pioneer was a blue-white deck. Yeah, and then they sort of ported the standard deck into Pioneer, yeah. and, and uh, it was also very good at Is It in Soul, which I almost it, played at that Invitational, and, and many people did. Uh, that deck took a big hit from Copter being banned, might be able to come back post-Copter. Um, so, yeah, th- there's a lot of interesting, aggressive strategies that get unlocked by Copter. You know, it's a powerful card in its own right. 
you could build so many synergies when you're discarding cards to the graveyard and utilizing them from the graveyard. You could build around artifact synergies with it. Uh, so it, it just, you know, for a card that has such base, high baseline power that you don't need to build synergies around it, the fact that there are so many easy ones to build in with it is a, a significant bonus. And, and, you know, hey. um, you know, it really just sort of takes the card to the next level. I know, you know, uh, before we went on, I saw Tandy, you know, post a, a Greasebang list. That's definitely a card that could work with Copter. You know, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's a, it's both an enabler and kind of a payoff, I guess. And, it's and at least it something, you, right? Yeah. And it helps you play the fair game. Like, you know, I, I imagine we will see a lot of graveyard hate next week or two weeks from now at, at the RC with uh, Treasure Cruise and Grease Fang surviving. Um, and so the Grease Fang decks that succeed are going to be, need to be ones that can play without the graveyard and still win a lot of those games. So, um, yeah, I, I think Copter is definitely going to be a player. Uh, but, you know, it's been four years, so there's a lot to look over and, and figure out, you know, uh, what new things, what new toys you can play with, with your, uh, with your looter scooter. But I'm a pretty big fan of these bands. Appraiser, I mean, we can just go down the list. Appraiser needed to happen. We don't have to talk much about that one. Yeah, we, it was pretty clear that Appraiser was the better of the two, uh, Discover decks just being faster. Yeah, um, it's more, way more consistent. Like, you don't yeah. have to leave up interaction on your turn two. If they, you know, if they make a, like, if they just leave two man open and they're going to make a treasure, like, you have to play around this for the yeah. rest of the game. It's an awful play experience. Yeah, yeah. you don't even know if they have it, too. It's, yeah, it's, it's very yeah, annoying. Instant so, speed. It's yeah. really annoying, yeah. Yeah, so that one had to go. I've long thought Karn needed to go. I think it, you know, mono green Devotion can still very much adapt and survive. I think it will likely look quite different. You know, even if it maintains, I think it should probably still maintain Storm the Festival. But the deck is going to need to get more aggressive. You're going to need to close games. I think a card like Cavalier of Thorns gets significantly worse. That was a card that that you know gave you a lot of card advantage and largely helped like sort of set up the combo of uh, you know filling your graveyard with various of the Planeswalkers and finding the Nykthos that you needed. I think something like Nissa, who shakes the world, could come back in those decks. Also great with um, with Storm the Festival and uh, you know sort of is a a Nykthos of its own in the way it jumpstarts your mana. I think you could see things like Vivian return, have a more planeswalker heavy version of the deck that gets aggressive. Um, but the, you know, there should still be a mono green devotion deck. So cool. We didn't invalidate everybody's mono green cards that they've owned for years. You finally have to build a sideboard. <laughs> and car it's just so annoying to play against. Like they have all these it's it's not just that they have these weird answers, it's that I I, I still will never understand why they made the minus two on Karn functionally different than the way wishes work where they basically only get cards from your sideboard because what when the wish cycle was first printed way in, in the in the long long ago in the before time and that's how the the wishes actually worked they could get cards from exile and th there were early marari's wake decks that took advantage of that um you know they would have their marari which was a one over the deck they would set up this end game where they had a bajillion mana because of marari's wake they had a marari and they would cunning wish copy it and they would have a, a Cunning Wish in their sideboard. And they would get the Cunning Wish. And then their other Cunning Wish would go into exile. And they would, and they, with the copy, they would get Elephant Ambush. Two green, green, instant, make a 3-3 three, three flashback for, I believe, six green, green. It was common. Something along the lines, yeah. yeah. And then so they, they would cast the Elephant Ambush. Then they would flashback Elephant Ambush. And then they would do the loop again. And that was how they killed you. Then Decree of Justice got printed. And, you know, th that was way better. 
but the very early builds of Rory's Wake killed in this incredibly convoluted way. Um, and that, you know, there were also, I remember an extended, there were the Psychotog decks that could exile instants from their graveyard to Psychotog and then Cunning Wish for them. And Watsi decided that like, this was not a thing they wanted. And this is so, not what it was intended. Yeah, yeah. It's not what they, what was intended. So they changed the functionality of the cards to what was intended. And you know, 20 years later, they're like, actually, what if we tried that again? <laughs> Turns out not so fun. Yeah. Uh, kind, kind of wild. Right. Uh, again, I, I'm right with you. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of cards like this running their course. Like all the games that card involved felt very similar. Um, you gave the person access to extra cards in game one without having dilute, to dilute their deck in their main deck, right? Like this allows you to have full access to what about 14 or 15 cards. Sometimes they'd have full 15 card yeah. uh, sideboards that and Karn can get. And if you, you want have all a these card options. to just be a threat, it could. It could find Cityscape Leveler. It could find yeah. Sky Sovereign Console Flagship. Or so, finds an answer. Yeah. yeah for so you, you didn't have to give up any threat density in order yep. to do it. That was the big thing. So like, your deck's still trying to get at, yeah. is a somewhat aggressive deck. Mm-hmm. But now it just had all this extra functionality because of one card. And then it would also just like randomly shut down opposing stuff. Like it randomly shut down somewhat worth copter and stuff like that. You know, like like little things like people forget the static on card all the time. It's like, yeah, it just randomly shuts down your opponent's yeah. things at the time. Can't activate that blood token. Sorry. You drew nope, sorry, you can't do it. You, you, turn you, back, you're dead. Yeah, you can't tap your Dark Soul Citadel. Sorry. Like that doesn't do anything anymore. You know, nope, sorry. Uh, it doesn't it's not that it doesn't do anything, Ross. It does nothing. Yes, it does nothing. Yeah. It does nothing. One of my favorite flavor texts of all time and stuff. So yeah, just overall, I think this is a win for the format we'll to see where it goes. The, the the thing I want to see is I want to see the format change. Like it doesn't have to quote unquote get better because like that's subjective for people. I kind of just want to see some new stuff happening. I want to see some things change. I got to say, but looking at these two cards going away and this card coming back without thinking of new archetypes that have possibly come up, do you think the big winner going to the RC is just going to be uh, Red White Convoke? There's a lot of people thinking it might be the best deck anyway, or close to the best deck, and now you just hurt the other two of the oh. other best decks in the format. Boris Convoke was already the deck I had been recommending to people mm-hmm. who Same. have asked me about you know if they were struggling on a deck choice. Uh, I've been saying Sacred Foundry because I also like the Heroic deck. I the like Heroic deck is actually deck. very good too. Yeah. I like the Heroic deck a lot worse if Mono Green is going to be you know very low. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's under 5% of the metagame. So I, I, I'm shifting more towards uh, Heroic or uh, towards Convoke. Uh, I do think that deck is quite good because, you know, there's there's sort of the obvious, like, first, there, there's the first order effects of a, of a ban, right? Monogreen yeah. getting nerfed means decks that were bad against Monogreen get better, decks that were good against Monogreen get worse. That's yeah. first order. But then you have to look at the second order effects what were the, the decks that were good against the decks that Mono Green was good against? Those decks also get worse. That's actually why I think Rakdos Midrange overall gets worse. The same with the Rakdos Acheris, all the Blood Crypt decks, because it was the low-to-the-ground, hyper-aggressive creature decks, with the exception of Boris Convoke, because they had all the card advantage from, you know, making a bunch of tokens and uh, Knight Errant of Eos. That one's actually solid against Rakdos. But the decks like Boris Heroic, Mono White Humans, Azorius Spirits, all of these linear aggressive decks that were very good against mono green now suddenly get a lot worse because their best matchup is you know either taken out of the metagame entirely or you know se- severely decreased in its met- uh, metagame prevalency uh so the decks that prey on the anti mono green decks indeed i think could get worse um 
And then you've got to think like, well, what are the decks that didn't want to play against those, uh, you know, or maybe decks that, um, you know, uh, we, you can sort of keep going to like third and fourth order effects and they get smaller and smaller as you keep thinking about it. But, um, you know, decks like Boros, uh, uh, Convoke, quite good against Rakdos, which even though I think it's worse, I think will stick around. And I think a lot of people will get caught up in the first order principle and think, oh, without mono green, Rakdos gets better. I'll just default to Rakdos. I also think Boros, you know, if the aggro decks get a little bit worse, then deck the, you know, having one of the few decks that can be a hyper aggro deck like Boros Convoke ends up being a lot better because your opponents are going to be less prepared for those aggro strategies. You know, I think you're going to see less cheap removal around because people aren't as worried about having dealing with turn one elves and aren't as worried about dealing with, you know, turn one monastery swift spear and things like that. So, uh, you know, maybe we see more sweepers because people want to prepare for convoke and that's a problem, but it's a problem that Boris convoke can easily prepare for. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I think convoke is in a great spot and that would definitely be n near the top of my list of, of decks to try though. Tannen, you're not going to get me away from Smogosh Copter. I'm see, just... you say that like if, if I had to make a choice right now, I'm probably playing Phoenix just because like. I still think Treasure Cruise has now become, I think, the most powerful card in the format. I, I agree. Um, I think Phoenix is a solid deck. You, you, you you're going to want to come prepared for the the convoke, convoke decks. decks. I think yeah. that's a that's a tough matchup. Um, but oh, for sure. is good against on the them. draw. It's really rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, know, you have sideboard cards. Like, don't worry. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. I do think Treasure Cruise is the most powerful card in Pioneer at this point. I am honestly a little surprised it escaped a ban. I could see potentially isn't Phoenix like dominating the metagame at this point if Treasure Cruise is indeed like that much more powerful than the rest of it. And if you think Rakdos is going to keep the deck in check, um, I I think you can build a Phoenix deck that beats Rakdos. <laughs> that that's all I'll say. Yeah, like, I don't think I, it'll I, be that hard. You can just like make a sideboard that like completely transforms or something like that. Um, in my mind, I'm not a I'm not a memer. Like I will post memes or like you know quick easy ones, but I'm not the per kind of person that's ever going to take like a meme template and make something. You know, if it takes if it takes no effort on my part, yeah, sure. As long as any effort is needed, I'm out. That's too much. But in it, I could see this with like I would post this the the like just the the pioneer change. You know, like just like the zoom in of that on my screen, and it would be like a sniper. It'd be like looking down the site, and then you look through the site, and it's, it's him staring at Treasure Cruise. <laughs> it's like, and I would just put Watsy like on the, on the first, you know, like he's like, it's watching you or whatever, yeah. you know, like this, this is what's possibly next, you know, kind we, of thing. We long said that, you know, as soon as another one man at Cantrum got printed, the treasure cruise would be too good. And that turned out not to be the we've, case. We've they had two. Consider. Yeah. We've and now two. they printed another one. Yeah. A I would, of hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm with you that that is to me like Phoenix is, is the default sort of best deck just because it plays the most powerful cards as a proactive strategy you know, has a good sideboard because there's so many cantrips you find your sideboard cards consistently. So I, I think a well-built Phoenix deck is also a very good choice uh, alongside Convoke. You know, the, the the only thing that worries me is, you know, with the talk about Grease Fang and obviously like, you know, the best, the best decks that survive a ban are always going to have a bit more of a target on them. If people, we might see like an overload of Graveyard Hate at this tournament. Specifically, the like you know this round of RCs that's happening in the U.S. Uh, and that could end up being bad. Like maybe you want to play an is it deck that plays Cruise without Phoenix and tries to dodge the graveyard hate that way. 
Um, and, and well, you go back it, to the Drake's version of the deck. Yeah, something like that. You know, um, so I, I could see I could see going in that direction. So that I, I'd be worried about the great. Maybe that's eight. your maybe that's your sideboard. You have like four Drakes and like a bunch of like uh, you know other some other mid rangey thing that you could play against like Rakdos to like keep up with them or something. Yeah, I, I, I'm also so I, I actually talked to to Todd about this when we were at Apex a few weeks ago. I thought, you know, even this is before the the Discover decks started going wild, but I thought there was potential for the the eight PZ deck that he built, and I played at at the NRG in Louisville, uh, like a, I guess a year ago at this point, and uh, you know, I went X two and I punted one of my rounds, uh, so I, I could have easily made the top eight. The deck felt very very good against Rakdos. I my other loss was to mono green, which felt like a, a tricky matchup because you like you really need to get ahead. Um, I, I thought that deck had some potential because mono green was already receding in the metagame, and uh, he, he you know sort of talked me away from it, saying that like there's just too much good cheap removal if you're two drops, and people are packing a ton of it because they need to answer elves and they need to answer these you know early creatures. If that is less of a factor in the metagame, if people start cutting back on that cheap removal. I think that PZ deck could be very, very good because the, mm-hmm. you know it also now gets to play sleight of hand. So you're playing thing, you know, it's Legend Shredder, you have Pyromancer, third path iconoclast, or your, is your threat base. You got your cantrips, your treasure cruises, and you you don't have to play of one mind anymore. Uh, and uh, you're playing like uh, you know some whatever red removal you want to play and some make disappears. And that's basically the deck. It's very good against Rakdos. I don't know how good it is against the Boris Convoke deck. Uh, that wasn't really a thing uh, when we built it, so that would be a matchup to test. But uh, you know, that's another route to go if you're trying to play Treasure Cruise while uh, reducing your reliance on the graveyard. Yeah, you know, definitely go. Uh, Pioneer wasn't the only format drastically affected here this weekend. Or did you have anything else about Pioneer that you wanted to say? Well, I, I want to go more into Smuggler's Copter. Sure. So. Uh, I forgot this is this th- th- this episode is the ode to Smuggler's Copter. I forgot that yes. this is just a, a long love affair between the two of you. There's a lot of, of places it could go. We mentioned Mono Black. We mentioned Grease Fang. The Azores Flash deck. They call it Flash, even though it wasn't that flashy. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think that deck's coming back. But um, and uh, you know, is it Soul is another option? Um, you know, I I wonder if it could just like go into the the Convoke deck. Probably not, just because it's so bad at convoking. Um, it's just such a good card. Like the card is just so good. I mean, I don't think people understand. Like it, you know, it, you really need sort of the the shatter effects things like a braid or Coligan's command because so often if you're just holding up a removal spell for it, your opponent sniffs it out very easily and does a taxi with their other creatures. And now mm-hmm. you're in this awkward spot of do I just fall further behind or do I use my removal spell on a lower value target? And then now I've got to find some other way to answer this smuggler's copter. So. It, you know, it, it being, uh, you know, a relatively small creature, like it's fatal pushable, isn't as big of a deal as it might seem at first because the nature of vehicles allows you some ability to play around it. And see, that's why I'm a big fan of like Phoenix in this format. If Smaller's Copter becomes a thing, that's a deck that is very good at holding up a removal spell for a card like that. And then you don't do something like, okay, well, I'll opt and consider instead yeah. or do no, whatever true. else. Or I'll, yeah. I'll, whatever the whatever part of Picklock Prankster is. And, yeah, I'll yeah. do one of the other 17 things my deck can do with this mana. Yeah. And and your Arclight Phoenixes can play good defense against Copters. Yes. So yeah, Phoenix is they a good anti-Copter deck. That, that's yeah. for sure. I love me a defensive Arclight Phoenix. Um, yeah. 
I've done it yeah. many, too many times. <laughs> that that would be, you know, I think Phoenix would be a deck that I would recommend for the RC. Boris Convoke, and then my other recommend, uh, I, I like Azuri's Lotus Field. Uh, we don't have to get into that one, too, but my other main recommendation would be like, find the best Copter deck. Like really, don't just assume you all already know which one is the best. Like really put some work in and try to find the best one. That That's the hardest thing to do uh, because, you know, there's four years of cards since it was banned and you got to, you know, work on a lot of them. And you don't have a lot of time. So, um, you know, but if you're a, a devotee of the looter scooter like I am, it's a labor of love. So do you think there's a chance that this is going to go the way of Jace the Mind Sculptor and Bloodbraid Elf and things like that, where we've like unbanned cards and we're like, oh God, because like, you know, you're, you have it in your memory, you're like, this card was so good. And then you play with it and you're like, what happened? You know, I, I can't imagine it goes that route where the card, like Jace has seen a little bit of play, Bloodbraid Elf, like really not that much. Um, and, but I, so, I, I mean, would, some, yeah, you know, like I would compare there, it more gonna... to Stoneforge Mystic. You know the the Stoneforge okay. like the Blade uh, you, decks. Sure, that's it, really good. It's on the same line of what I'm of the but, point. But Stoneforge Mystic has seen yeah. play. It's a key part of the Hammer deck. Um, uh, yeah, I, I saw that too, Tannen. Up, I'm not. Yeah, sorry for everybody that just uh, y'all didn't see. We're also talking about something that happened live because we could see each other. Uh, balloons just went by on his screen, and I, I was just like, I imagine what the? it's Discord trying to celebrate my birthday, which is tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so, which, by but, the way, mine was you know like a week ago. So, so happy birthday, Ross. Huh. Happy birthday! How old are you now? How old are you uh, now? I will be thirty-five. Yeah, I just turned thirty-nine. I always forget how much older I am than you. You like you and I just missed high school. Like that's wild to me. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, God, there's every You're every now that it comes up that I, every now that it comes up that I'm older than you. They don't people don't believe that, and then I'm yeah, like, no I'm one significantly does. older than him. Yeah, it <laughs> like, comes up. It comes up for me too, and literally no one does. Yeah, so, even so, people that know. Sometimes they still don't, they believe, don't it. believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, like uh, no, this, this can't be. This that was a thing for me and my older brother for the longest time because he's four years older than me. But people would ask like, who's older? Now that he has two kids and his hair is like white and stuff. Now we don't have to, you know, he's got like gray hair and stuff. But where were we before we got distracted by the balloon? We're, Sorry for we're the, on, the pause we're on, on copter. So yeah, because like uh, he just uh, I threw me. <laughs> yeah. I, I could easily see a, a world where smuggler's copter is not a dominant force and. You know, it's possible that it shouldn't have been banned in, in the first place. Like, the, you know, it was still very early days. People were adapting. Yes, the mono black deck was very, very good, but it was not, you know, I, I don't think it was good in a way that, oh, no, like there's no way to, you know, figure this deck out. Right. You know, it was it was a lot of recursive creatures, thought seas and smugglers copter. And it, it was really fun. I mean, I, so, I had a lot of fun playing it at that Invitational, but I don't, it wasn't the same level of, wow, this is busted the way, like, the early mono green decks were, or yeah, the, the yeah. cat combo decks were. Those felt like you were playing a different format. Yeah. This well, just, this just felt, felt like, like a good deck. Because, like, when I think about the deck now, and I think about it going up against, like, Rakdos Convoke or Phoenix, and they have, like, a decent draw against you, I think you're going to get outclassed real fast yeah. and like just lose very badly in a lot of spots. The, the problem with Copter and, and the reason why it was both Bandit Standard and, and Bandit Pioneer isn't that it was completely dominating the format. The problem has largely been that it homogenizes aggressive strategies. You know, it's a colorless card and it's not that every aggro deck wants to play Smuggler's Copter. It's that the decks that do want to play Smuggler's Copter get so much better by having Smuggler's Copter in them that the other aggro decks can't really keep up. And hey. I'm not sure that's going to be the case in this current iteration of Pioneer. 
Agar was really kind of struggling in the very early days and all the decks were pretty much copter decks. Um, so it, we had that problem. But now, like I said, we have Boris Convoke. That's not a deck that's going to want to play Smuggler's Copter. Boris Heroic will not want to. Like Maybe we like figure out a human deck that wants to, but I'm not even sure that deck would. Do all those decks completely fall away? Then Copter is a problem. As long as some of them stick around and there's some diversity among the aggro decks in the format, then Copter should be perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I just... Uh, I'm not sure I see it just yet. I'm going to be a wait-and-see kind of guy with Smuggler's Copter because, again, the card is good, but like I don't see it drastically turning the format set. I think we're going to see an uptick in cards, like you were saying, like Abraid, Kolanon's Command, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think yeah. Abraid's going to become, like, you're going to see a slight uptick and, in that and, card. And, in, and like, we already Phoenix saw stuff. those cards because yeah. Grease Fang has been a part of the metagame, because Reckoner Bankbuster is a key two drop for the Rakdos Midrange Mirror. So it's not like the metagame even now is unprepared. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's such a fun card, Tannen. I know like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I've played I just, with it a bunch. It's great. I want to make sure everybody realizes that, you know, with the mono black deck, the reason it was so fun is that you actually didn't discard lands. You would draw and discard your scrappy scramblers one drops and, and your stuff, blood yeah. soaked champions, yeah. and then you just make all your land drops and then return all of the creatures from your graveyard. And suddenly you've had every card. You had twelve lands in play, and you had fourteen creatures. And your opponent was like, "I don't even know what to do," because even if they wrath you, all your creatures come back, and your deck had four mute vaults and four castle locked away. And nowadays it would have high of the eye tyrant and. You know, you got all these utility lands to use all your extra mana on. It was just so much fun. I've never had an aggro deck gain that kind of card advantage. Um, yeah. Yeah, the card quality and quantity at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you install Artifact, your Smuggler's Copter, and attack, you get to loot. Yeah. Okay. All we right, call right, that whatever. synergy. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's not what I call it, but okay. All right. Are you are you uh, are you done waxing poetically about Smuggler's Copter, or can I can For I move now. on? Just okay. Because uh, the next the right thing to come back to it at any oh, moment, of course, of course, in this show uh, or any future shows. Sure. Uh, hold on, I'm writing that down. There's an asterisk next to every <laughs> yeah, show for here on the out. Smuggler's the looter little the looter scooter clause. Sure. It's like the we have to make that an addendum of the contract. I have to sign off on this. Yeah. We need to get it notarized. Brett, can you get it notarized for us? Put that in the notes. Okay. Yeah. We're just like uh, in the middle of in the middle of a show two months from now talking about like legacy. I'm like, hold on, Tannen. Copter ran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like two minutes. See, the funniest part of this is like that's actually a kind of funny thing for you to like say because it could actually happen. Yeah. You know, like you're well, like somebody's hot with a looter scooter scooter this weekend. And I just loved it. All right. Anyway. Uh, let's go into modern because there are two cards banned in modern and you and I actually had a, like a slight disagreement here about some of this and I have a, a take that I want to talk about with the second card that got banned quite a bit and I'm going to make a comparison that isn't a direct comparison but you'll understand why when I explain a little bit. The two cards that were banned from modern were Fury and Up the Beanstalk. Uh, do anybody have this eight months ago that the Beanstalk however <laughs> long ago it was going to get banned in modern? I certainly didn't. There you was know, a lot was... of hype around it. I was skeptical, admittedly, Same. And, and I was wrong in in my skepticism or misplay, misguided, I guess. Um, but yeah, real the reality though is like, up the beanstalk wasn't the problem, Tannen. The problem is they printed like six free spells that all have technically have mana value five or more, right. and that was that. Those cards sure. are the problem. So, this is what I was talking about. I was going to go on a small rant for up the beanstalk. Hopefully, I come across correct in my thought process here because. This is one of those ones where, like, everyone thinks about magic slightly differently. Like, the easiest way that I ex I can explain this, and if you watched 
or you listened to our like flashback episode, we're going to go into this more. Um, I'm going to go on a, a, a side tangent of the rant here. So we're on the third degree now. Okay, Ross. Okay. So, uh, you know, growing up in Baton Rouge and playing in magic stuff around here, um, I think I might've said this on the show, like all the best players in the state all lived in my area, except for one, Tom Ross lived far away from us and he would show up to events and he would start winning. And I remember asking my friends, I'm like, is he actually good? Cause like, I didn't know. And like, you know, back then I was like, is he good? Cause like, he's the only other guy winning stuff consistently. Like there'd be, you know, a guy or two from New Orleans or whatever, blah, blah, blah. They would like win every now and then, but no one else yeah. is winning consistently. Like we were just crushing everything. And like other people will tell you that's not correct. That's just revisionist history. That's just the way it was. Um, so I asked, I'm like, is, is Ross good? And someone's like, no, nah, no, nah, he just gets lucky. Like one of the friends like, no, he just gets lucky. Yeah. I remember there's like a PTQ that I got to watch him play. Cause like I couldn't play the PTQ cause, uh, you know, brag, I had won one already. That's yeah. whatever. Anyway, so I'm watching him play and he kept, it was like, it's like the, you and you and I talk about watching Brennan play. Like he'll make a decision that you don't understand and you don't think is correct or whatever. Right. And on the yeah. surface doesn't look right. And then three turns later, you realize he's just a fucking genius and you're just yeah. a simple like, Oh, that's why he did that. I'm yeah, so that makes stupid. a lot of sense. Yeah, and I'm I would have gotten dumb. completely blown out by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just there's like little things. Or if you could ever actually get Ross to answer a question, like if t- you get Tom Ross to answer a question about something, because like he doesn't speak. You know, he doesn't talk. In fact, the most I've ever heard him talk at one time usually is either he's drunk or if you, you I don't know if he does it anymore, but usually when I play it back in the day, he would talk to himself during the match, <laughs> like. And I'm just like sitting there like, tr- I'm like, what's going on? This guy's just talking to you. He's like a stream of consciousness going on during the match. And it's more than ever talk. But he, he's the in, only person I've ever seen who can, he can actively play test without actually playing games. Like he could so, just imagine what an average game looks like in his head yeah. and start thinking about different lines of what to do and like figure out the way his sequencing against cer- certain cards or certain strategies yeah. without actively playing games. It's like Queen's Gambit shit. Like he just yeah. like looks up the ceiling and he sees all the cards. Sees the whole game, yeah. Yeah, and he just plays, he, he gets, you know, t- 10 leagues in while he's sleeping. Yeah. And then he just That's why we can't what to do up. the next day. Yeah. That's why it, we can't keep up. Un- it's actually actively unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, the, the point I'm trying to make here is, I made this joke about him after, like, watching him play for a while, and it's not a joke at his expense. It's just, like, the thing I say about it is, like, we would be, if we could read Tom Ross's mind while playing Magic, we still want to understand how good he is because we wouldn't be able to understand because it's in a different language. We'd have to translate it into English to understand his thoughts because the way he thinks about the game and the way that people like him and Brendan DeCandio, some of the best players I've ever played with, you can tell they understand the game in some other fundamental way or they think about it in some way that's slightly different than everybody else and it makes, it sets them apart. Right. Yeah. And Seth that's Manfield just, is another one like this. Yeah. They're just, they're on a, the, this is what we mean when we say they're on a different level. Okay. Like, you just don't. It, it, it actively, it actually becomes kind of frustrating. You're yes. just like, I know you're doing something and I want to learn it, but I just yep. can't figure it out. Yeah, it's <laughs> a really, really annoying. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember why I tangent here. We've gone too far down the rabbit hole and now I don't know why we made this turn. But, um, okay. Oh, it was about up the beanstalk and the, the, the free spells being the problem. That's where this started. Okay. Sure. Like, yeah, the, the, the free spells are definitely sort of a problem. The reason I like getting rid of up the beanstalk here, and I've actually said this. So, uh, jokingly, some people were asking me at the event that I was at, and they're like, what do you think is going to happen? And I got this entire ban list correct. Besides, I didn't have Smartless Copter, but I was like, these are the four cards, I think, right? Yeah. Which we had some inkling, right? But I thought, and I've been saying this, I think I told you this like literally three months ago, 
or four months ago, it was like, you want to fix modern, just ban up the beanstalk. And people were like, really? And I'm like, yeah, just ban that card because it doesn't take money away from people. Right. I'm going to go on a little bit thing here, right? You don't lose your elementals, which I think we're eventually going to lose those anyway, because well, we've lost those cards are fucked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those cards are fucked yeah. up. You're never going to lose subtlety though. Don't worry. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They might just want to ban all of them, like just because of the way they are and for the format. But I'm like, it doesn't take away mythics out of your deck that are extremely expensive, right? This is an uncommon that might cost you like four or five bucks, like whatever, right? You know, obviously there's, we're not yeah. going to get into the, into the finance part of this. There's a ton going on there with like taking this card out. But the main reason I think this is the card to take out and one of the cards to take out is, and here's the comparison to make and allow me to explain before. It reminds me of Sensei's Divining Top and one of the main reasons I wanted it gone. It's the actual power of the card is obvious, right? Like we know the card is really good. What it does to games of magic and the way that the games play out when it's in play is problematic. It makes the games go way too long. You never run out of gas. And a card like this is not intended to have this kind of effect on the game. Yeah. And and the one thing I would say is normally like you wouldn't see decks that want to play as many, you know, even of the... Uh, as many five and six mana spells, even the ones that have a significant cost reduction, like the Evoke Elementals, Leyland Binding, you know, all the ones that Forced, you saw in Force of Wills in this put, deck. You know, yeah. You, you wouldn't see decks that want to play all of those cards like at once, because if you have too many of them, they have mm-hmm. diminishing returns. The the biggest problem that uh, Up the Beanstalk created was it, you know, gave you this deck where those cards no longer had those diminishing returns. The, yeah, the, the drawback is, is neg- yeah. negligible. It's just not there in the card. Yeah. So, you're just the, like, you know, normally when you get, you know, if you weren't playing off the Beanstalk, you could still utilize some of those like pitch cards early to, you know, maintain parity on the battlefield. And then once the game goes along, you start, you start hard casting them. And that might be a little bit slow. You know, your opponent can counter them and you're wasting five mana at a clip when you're casting these cards uh, for to try to like, you know, have more powerful effects as the game goes along. When you had up the Beanstalk, you just kept pitching them. Pitch Solitude, Pitch Fury, like keep pitching them over and over and over again until your opponent literally just has nothing and you will still have more more gas. And if you run out of actual cards, you've got your one Jace. That, like, they figured out the one problem the deck had. It was like, sometimes you decked um, because your opponent would like, you know, keep up with you for long enough to completely hey. run you out of cards. And so all they need to do was change one slot and fi- fix that yeah. problem. So I agree there was a specific problem with Up the Beanstalk, but the reality is I just really hate the Evoke Elementals. Sure, and like that's that's a thing. That's that is a symptom of the disease, right? Yeah. And like, this is this is one of the ways to fix that. And like, I'm just a big fan of it because if I'm, I'm sure you remember playing against it, as a dividing top, or you had to remember listening to me bitch about playing against it for a long time because you'd sit next to me and I'd have to slug through a tournament against it. Where like, you know, my obviously my win percentage went through the roof against that deck or got way higher once they took dividing top out. But it was so bad for the game, right? You know, it just made the games take so long. You got into draws more. I mean. Like modern, have you ever seen the mirrors where the, both players know what they're doing with up the beanstalk? They take forever, Ross. They can't oh, yeah. fix. They can't like they couldn't finish two games before that card was printed. Now you definitely can't finish <laughs> two games when that card is printed, and you just never run out of gas. Like you're always yeah. doing stuff. Like your and, decisions become easier. Like you're no longer having to weigh the pros and cons. You're just throwing elementals at each other the first chance you get because you're like trigger my beanstalk, trigger my yeah. beanstalk over and over again. And it's like, been a problem for years in Magic that they keep printing cards that keep drawing more and more cards and give you this sort of perpetual card advantage that so you never run yeah. out of gas. Um, and we, you know, we've seen it pop up in a lot of ways. There were the like the the Golgari Delirium decks in Standard. You know that mirror match took forever to finish. 
uh, you know, controlled Excel, the planeswalkers, those mirrors take forever to finish. And this was a sort of the latest example, mm-hmm. but also a particularly powerful example because it came at such a low cost. It's a two mana cantrip. Yeah. Also, there's like, there's, you know, you and I as like competitive player, I mean, competitive veterans, we have this, there's like this grizzled unspoken veterans. Unspoken of, huh? Grizzled veterans. Yeah. There's this Some unspoken, others. sure, there's this unspoken social construct between us that if you and I are both playing slower decks and we're, we get paired into each other in a tournament, once we realize that, we are going to play as fast as humanly possible yeah. for the rest of that. And then like, that social construct isn't A, agreed upon by everybody, or be even known of by everybody. So, like, if you play against somebody who doesn't understand it and they start taking, you know, and, like, here's the thing. They don't have to play at breakneck speed. But, like, let's say your average turn is taking 15 seconds because you're trying to get through as fast as possible. And they're taking 30 to 45 seconds. That is completely legal for them to do. But at the end of the round, when you inevitably draw, they have had two-thirds of the clock versus your third, and you get the same result. And that was one of the reasons I thought it was unfair for cards, like, since they dividing top to exist, because... I told you about this, like when we played Legacy, I felt like there were there were rounds where I might have had 10 minutes of priority in the round and we would go to time and I would have to like just be okay with it. And that's that's not yeah. fair. Or you had to create this weird antagonistic relationship with your opponent by constantly calling a judge on them and watching mm-hmm. them for a slow play. Yeah. And you just had this weird tension now over your match. Yeah. And that's so, n- that wasn't fun either. It's not fun. I remember uh, the only big event that I ever got to play in for Flesh and Blood because I wasn't doing commentary for it. There was a team event that went on in Las Vegas, and we played uh, like you know three man teams, very similar to the Magic thing. You had to like win your two things. It's best of one, but your rounds only like thirty or forty minutes because it was the faster format, the one where we start with less life. The deck that I played in that tournament was blue white control, pretty much. My deck was literally just like all defensive cards, and so it was just a math problem. You had to play so fast and like it didn't matter what your other your opponent was playing you had to kind of like prod them if they didn't do something so i remember i was like playing against another like decent player once you know a guy that was friendly with me like we knew each other and there's a turn where you like start to think for a minute and just look at him i go what are you doing and he goes what do you mean i'm like well, what are you doing right now and he's like i'm thinking i'm like dude you can't do that <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like joking but not you know at the same time like you, you need to make a play <laughs> yeah like, we are not gonna finish if you do this like three times <laughs> like you know because like i'm just like yeah man like we're we're just going here. Yeah, we're, like, you we're, playing, go. we're playing speed chess. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, your clock is like you're, you're gone for like half of it now. Like, yeah. So it, it creates a, but like you said, it creates this antagonistic spot, right? It creates a lot of feel bad moments. Um, imagine you're like new to the format and you're like, oh, this deck looks cool. I want to play this. You're not finishing your rounds and you're not understanding why. You know, like it just, it's a net negative in my opinion. It's my opinion. I'm sure there's people that like up the beanstalk. It's a cool card. I think it's great and like limited. It's cool and some other stuff. But like in this situation, the effect it has on a match of magic other than what's being played and what it does to these decks and how it alleviates the problem in the, I'm using air quotes here, you can hear this, the downside of cards like Fury and et cetera. I think it's too much and not good for the game of magic. Did I convey all of my thoughts well here? And you're like, you, you can see why yeah. I like no, use... I think that all makes plenty of sense yeah like and why i use sensei's divine top like they're slightly different but they have this similar effect on a game where like you don't realize it as it's happening but you'll realize when the game one takes 40 minutes you're like what took so long you're like oh they drew nine extra cards that turned the game off just beanstalk which some of those probably drew more cards or made this game go longer than it should have 
you look at the graveyard, it's just 40 cards. You know, <laughs> the graveyard's bigger than their deck, and you're just like, this is this is awful. Not to mention, it's in a format with fetches, which is also awful, because now there's an extra seven minutes per game shuffling. You know, that they, I mean, sorry, per match shuffling that we've got here. And especially with, like, you, like, God for, like, I would never let you play this deck in paper, ever. You, you, were, <laughs> you would not have been allowed. <laughs> It's Nor like, would I wanted to. Yeah. Well, if it's just the best deck, you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to suck sure. it up. But uh, now let's talk about the other thing. This is where you and I diverge a little bit on our opinion. Uh, Fury being banned, and a lot of people are asking, why not the other one, Ross? Yeah, uh, that was my expectation. Was we were going to get grief banned? You know, it, I think it was pretty clear that one of the two evoke elementals from Rakdos uh, was getting the axe, and there was a debate over which one. In, in my opinion, you know. While Fury, I don't like existing as a card, I think the Fury scams were a lot easier to deal with, uh, in particular because you could actually kill the Fury, whereas the turn one Grease scams are were the biggest problem and incredibly annoying to play against. Mm -hmm. I also really secretly hate Grief out of the Living End deck. It's yeah. possible because I only ever play against Living End when they have their like top 10% draws. They just have sure. turn one grief, turn three living end for four creatures, force negation every game, and I'm just a little bit bitter. But sure, I, my main problem with grief was you know the fact that you could be on the play, go land pass, holding up a removal spell, or maybe just have like a solitude in your hand, and your opponent evokes grief, and you know they have the not dead after all, but there's just nothing you can do about it. Yep, they just take your one removal spell with the first trigger. Make sure to order their triggers properly, which they don't even have to know how to do anymore. You used to actually, you used to you just say it. have to yeah. say, I will put them on in the on the stack in this order, and then yeah. it would resolve however the, the game works. Now they say, I want to put them on the order so that this happens, which yeah. I think is absolutely ridiculous. You're not, you just don't have to, it's not that hard, people. They happen in reverse. So yeah. if you want first something in, to happen out. first, put it yeah. on the stack last. Like, yeah, first it's really in, last not that out. hard to remember. Yeah. You should be expected to be able to do it. It's two things. It's not mm -hmm. like I'm asking you to put seven things on the stack here. Yeah. Just know to put the sacrifice trigger on the stack first. Yeah. <laughs> not that hard. So uh, well, yeah, well well, I understand that perspective because I do remember back in the day when things would happen, like, you know, PTQing in the in the early two thousands, someone would do something, you'd be like, Okay, uh, what order is this happening in? You'd have to ask them and like yeah. if they what, mess what it up. What order are you putting it, it on the stack? Um here's where you and I diverge. Uh and I'm not disagreeing with your premise on the grief thing because yes, it is very annoying. I've watched games where this has happened on turn one. It's grief, not dead after all. Grief, yeah. And if they are in fact dead after all, like it, <laughs> they are probably dead. Yeah. But my grief isn't dead after all. But you are. I'm kind of. I'm kind of in the in the in the mode where and I had said this over the weekend. If you're gonna just ban one of the elementals from this deck, I think it has to be Fury because. We talked about this. I think we talked about this like eight months ago or six months ago in a show where I was like, I mean, this may have been a year ago. I don't remember where I was like, yo, I think we need to ban this card in modern. And, you know, out of all the the pitch elements at the time, uh, the white one was super heavily played. I think grief was starting to get like heavily played because, you know, grief wouldn't, you know, for a while there, it was like, there's a lot of hype when it came out. Didn't yeah. really catch on as much. And then, you know, this deck came out in the last like, what, like five months or whatever. And it was just it's the you know whatever it was around for a little while it kind of got yeah. joked on as a meme and the, yeah. people eventually sort of figured out it was really really good. really good yeah <laughs> and so yeah not to go into the like the actual you know history of all of it, it's just fury for the longest time since it's come out has held down so many decks in this format 
Like you can't play Infect, you can't play Noble Hierarch, like you can't really play Halfling. Like you could play it in the deck that could reoccur the loss of cards. You know, the four color deck was like okay with that because they're like, I have one ring, I have Omnath, I have like up the beanstalk, I have all these ways to recoup my losses, right? If I do get furied, but like you can't play any of these other cards that were just dead to them being like because you you know if you're the player you're like thing go and they're like whatever go and you're like thing thing go like you know like uh blighted yeah. agent whatever you, and they're just like you fury can't play you. cheap low toughness creature decks yeah you can't play humans like you just like fury would just wreck your shit <laughs> you know it's like at all times and so i think it's really good to get this thing out of the format that's like helping stifling down and you know, I've seen the jokes. They're like, oh, thank God, I can now play my one drops and have them killed by Renin 6 or Orcish Bowmasters yeah. now. You still you know, can't play uh, these cards, Tannen. Yeah, I, I'm aware. But, like, th- this card to me w- was a little bit of a problem, and just getting one of them out of the deck helps a lot. And, like, yes, gr- Grief is a little bit more powerful across the format. But it's because Fury is held down so much of the other stuff as well that allows Grief to be so good. Because they can't swarm you in the early drops ever either. Because... You know, if you, if you like two for one yourself early against certain decks and then like they have two, like two one drops or whatever, you might die to that one drop if you don't have a fury, you know, you don't have another way to get a creature in play so far. So I'm kind of on board with this. I like this banning. I still think grief is living on borrowed time. Yeah. I would have been, I would have been quite happy to see them both go get solitude out of your two. I hate all of them. I think they're trying to lessen the blow on the players as well. Yeah. They can't just like, you know. Ban six hundred dollars out of everyone's collection in one go. They just they just threw you out of a, like a third story window, but they put a couple of pillows on the ground. Right, it's like you're only going to break your ankle or whatever. Or like, <laughs> yeah. you're, like, you're not yeah. going to die. Six weeks, you'll be fine. Yeah, and Merry then they're going to ban the other one, and then they're going to throw you out the window again. <laughs> and then this time we'll see there's some pillows or not. But Tannen, do you know what the word is to throw someone out of a window? Uh, to defenestrate them. Yeah. So I knew this before it was a magic card because I knew about um the oh, yeah, defenestration of magic card, didn't they? Yeah, there's there's a card now, but um. I knew it because of like the story, like one of my history teachers told me in college. Yeah, is, the like, defenestration of Prague. There's multiple Prague. of them. They both yes. started wars. Multiple yeah, wars were started by somebody getting thrown out of a window in Prague. So one of the stories was like, he was like, there was some local bit bickering going on between like the lords of the area and then the overall lord of the area or whatever. He like gets everyone to come over to his castle. They're on like the, you know, the top floor or whatever. And they're all like having dinner and like no one can agree on anything. And he goes, look, I'm going to lock you guys in this room. You got to talk it out, figure it out. I'm coming back. Like, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll come back, you know, whatever. So he comes back and they haven't figured anything out. So he gets so fed up that he grabs one of them and throws them out of the window, like killing the dude. And then he looks at them and he's like, anybody else got an objection or whatever? And then like from there, it got fixed or whatever. Like that's, that's like the story. And it's really funny that I've, I've known the word defenestrate or defenestration for like a very long time. That's really what magic is so great at making you smarter. Like, uh, yes. you know, I had talked to this about like, you know, people like if I ever wanted kids, like, would you, if I ever had kids, would you like to play magic? I was like, great for math skills. It helps them socialize, uh, more than other video games, obviously. And then I was like, I think I got multiple <laughs> questions right on my ACT because of magic, the gathering. Like I got like a vocabulary question, right. You know, like <laughs> something that I would have never known. If it like, oh, that's a red card. So it probably means yeah. something about like lava <laughs> yeah. or lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they do make up a lot of words in this game too, which is completely fine. They just take yeah. two re- they do the Jerry Thompson. They take two things and make it into one and make it slightly better, even though it might not be real. But I don't know. Is that a, too much of a blast for the past for people not knowing about Jerry Thompson's deck building prowess from back in the day? Yeah. Because he did this like multiple times, he right? He built Thopter Depths. That's the, the, the big one. Yeah. We, they're like, 
you know, what's the best deck of the format? Is it, is it the Thopter deck? Is it is it Depth's deck? Like, we don't know. And Jerry's like, hold my beer. <laughs> Pour it on his toes. <laughs> like, yeah. just puts them both together. What if I muddled this into some sort of mixture? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, I really like peanut butter, and I really like jelly. Like, yeah, you just need the bread to bring it together. He just slaps it together. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got a great thing there. So, um, yeah, so, like, that's the biggest part. There there are a few other announcements here. Um, you know, Explorer got hit, obviously, like, you and I, not really big fans. Popper had a slight hit, so I thought we had to at least mention this because of Emma. Uh, Mouse yeah. there, Swiss Sphere. So everyone on the Popper format panel is very smart and very talented, yeah. so I'm sure this band is perfect. It's super attractive and, like, yeah. really know what they're talking about. Just the smartest people, uh, the, the, the best only, taste. The only person I saw react to this band is Andrea Mangucci, and he was all for it. So yeah. I imagine this was a necessary ban. Sure. Uh, Monastery Swiss Spear, quite powerful. There are a lot of red decks around in, in the format. So yeah, Swiss Spear gone. Yeah. You know, cool beans. You can you can play different commons now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, just big fan of this. Uh, I just saw a tweet that I wanted to read to you real quick because I want to hear your reaction in real time for how this kind of stuff goes. This is from Frank Carson. This is, he's quoting something. as we hear your reaction. Okay. Tylus will use the rebalanced versions of all digital only cards, but the original tabletop printings of on of all non-digital cards. So that's the versions of the cards okay. you're gonna get in the timeless format in Aria. That's not confusing at all, Ross. So it's digital only, you get the rebalanced. Yeah, okay. If it's, if I'm gonna resist the paper at all, it will match the paper printing. But, okay. Yeah, so if they're digital only, you're getting whatever the latest rebalanced version of it is. But if it's if it's a non-digital card, you only get the tabletop printing. So if it has been changed, it doesn't matter. You're going to get you're going to get yeah. the original version. Your, your gold span dragon still has treasures making two mana. You know whatever else they rebalance. I'm, I'm sure they rebalance a lot, like yeah. a lot, a lot actually. Yeah, uh, it's uh, funny that you're going to have like you're going to have a format where everything is rebalanced, and then you're going to have this format where only yep. half the cards are rebalanced. It, it's an interesting decision. Yeah. Because um, Frank's talking about, could we just do this for Historic as well? Because, like, it'd be nice to have, you know, the same any thing in all of formats. consistency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just some, a non-zero amount yeah. of consistency between our 12 formats on yeah. Arena. And as someone who's done digital coverage before, uh, I have to check before the tournaments which versions of cards we're getting because they will show up in people's decks. And I'm like, wait, wh- which version of this card are they playing with today? Which which one's the actual like legal version? You know, so that that's, a, that's an interesting thing for me. Yeah, uh, look, it's it's a, it's a small hurdle you got to go through. I don't mind. I like my job a lot. I'm really yeah. thankful that I have my job. <laughs> it's awesome. And it's if that's the only thing I can like, that's really like the only thing I can complain about at my job is like that. And it does get difficult sometimes with the resolution on camera sometimes, depending on which versions of cards people use, because there's like 17 versions of Misty Rainforest. And I, I think I know all of them, but then I get surprised every now and then where they play one and it's like a spaceship and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that set. And I think that's a Missy Rainforest or something, you know, like those are like the only things I could ever complain about. I think great. All of those stuff's awesome. Uh, but I think this is an overall win for today, Ross. Yes. Oh, de- definitely. Uh, I, I, the only card that I'm upset about is that grief is still legal. And sure, I do like the Rakdos, you know, scam deck takes a pretty huge hit. Like, I don't think you can really play that deck without multiple scam cards. And like the Fury scams were important in a lot of matchups. So I do think we will see a significantly low, you know, decreased amount of grief in the modern metagame. I think things like the, 
you know, the the mono black coffers deck. Maybe you see grief there, but that deck was propped up a lot by a good scam matchup. Uh, I think Living End is definitely a big winner. That's probably the best grief deck remaining. But at this point, the Cascade decks are going to have a huge target on their back because the Team of Rhinos deck has been doing very well with Tishana's Tidebinder recently added. So, uh, you know, I imagine we'll see a lot of Cascade hate in the coming weeks in Modern if you're still playing that format regularly. So, um, you know, uh, I'm I'm excited about where th this will go. Ha I think Hammer gets better, and that deck was already you know, doing kind of okay. The people on, on the Apex series keep playing it and keep winning. It's uh, Amina Body and Travis Brown. And Travis is winning everything. He's won a million he, SCGs he with does, that deck. He does not lose at Magic the Gathering. He's like, what is yeah. it? He does not die. What was the joke yeah, I saw the clip of you? He will he, not die. He, he then finally lost to Amina Body, and uh, and my joke was that they like it. I made the like the only the only person who could beat a bad guy with a hammer is a good guy with a hammer. Sure, <laughs> sure. that's a really good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, there's definitely some. There's a lot to I'm play. Sorry, with. that really got me. That and really if got we me have, if we don't have fury around and we have less scam, you know what that gets a lot better, Tannen? What's that? Underworld breach. Is it is it your time again? Everybody play your book type decks. I promise it'll be just fine. <laughs> Well, I mean, then we're going to get breach banned finally. So, oh, uh, if I get breach banned, that actually. So, uh, I understand it, it. It can be a feel bad, like because then you're like your deck isn't playable anymore. But mm -hmm. it makes me feel really good when cards get banned in part because of m my work, and I take some I take some credit for faithless looting in modern, sure. even though it was mainly the like Hogak doing that. Sure, but, you know, I was the Arclight Phoenix guy, so I take some of the credit. You are not 100% innocent in this situation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so that, that, that to you me is like... You character witness, that's for like sure. A, to me, that's a, a notch on like your magic resume. Like, I got sure. this card banned. And yeah. so, and, and you know, that it's it's almost, it's as good as a trophy, honestly. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you have trophies, so you can say that. I see, I can't say that because like I don't have <laughs> yeah, a trophy, yeah. so I can't compare. Because I'm like you. It's like, I didn't directly affect anything, but like... I have cast a lot of Deathrite Shamans and uh, and yeah. Jackson probes on camera and just beat the shit out of people with them. You, so you, like you, you could take some credit for for that ban. Yeah, well, well, I remember saying it during the, like. Do you remember we talked about it because like they talked about it for like a year before it happened because you know legacy takes a while and there was like the you know the chat that you know kind of like you know talks that go on like Twitter and stuff and like it was like maybe DRS is too good maybe it needs to get banned. I remember you and I talked about it one day like over a beer or something like you know at an event or whatever and I was like it needs to be probed. And you were like, really? And I was like, yeah, probe, probe, probe's the problem. Like, DRS <laughs> is obviously good. I was like, it's obviously very, very good, but like, you can't lightning bolt a probe. Yeah. Like, there's, you, probe is just gonna happen. You can't stop that card. Like, and that card was a problem. Definitely was, despite it being one of my favorite cards of all time. Same. A peak? Well, that I don't have to pay for? Yeah, give me, yeah, give me. Love. Uh, when it was in standard and I could just tur uh, turn to probe you, snap probe you. Yeah. It's a silk build my own silver girl. I gotta find the uh, I gotta find the the Patrick Sullivan rant with like the he's just like we should just all be playing fifty six card decks like you know like blah 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 like you know, just love it's there's been a real good thing of that lately of like just the, the it's like um it was like when Trump was coming around there's like there's a tweet for that now every single time something happens in Magic it's like there's a there's a peace Sully rant for that somewhere because like the the clip that's going around today is him live reacting to the, the smugglercopter play playmat. Mat. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just loses it on air, and he's like, he even says it too, he's like, you gotta at least warm me up. You can't just start with a standard bat and have it be Smuggler's Copter and have me just not react. It's not a thing that could happen. I just need to know it's coming a little bit, you know, yeah. kind of thing, which, yeah, just utterly great stuff. But 
Um, I think that about settles what we're going over for today. Uh, though I do think our next episode, if we do uh, one relatively soon, should be our second episode in the series of um, yeah, an- another flashback, flashback kind of stuff. And then we'll we'll reflect on Atlanta after Atlanta happens in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, be looking for that. Uh, we can maybe get that done this week if we have time before or early next week. We can get that done as soon as possible. But for everybody at home that listened, thanks a lot. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed this episode and hopefully you didn't disagree with us too much. But my hope is that we at least get some new stuff out of yeah. these formats. I, everyone seems pretty happy about these bands. I, yeah. I, it, it's rare to see everybody in such agreement in the in the magic community but uh, at this point i think everybody knew There's the like, writing was on the wall and yeah they're, they're pretty happy player. to just have something new and different yeah this game player's like de-sleeving their deck like one solitary tier going they're like this had to happen buddy you were you were <laughs> too good you were too good for this world you know like like it's like uh how long did it take me to de-sleeve my delver deck after as a de-sleeve my probes and my drs i think i told you about this like i think it was like a year or two later like, I was going through stuff, like, looking for, for cards. I still had them sleeved. <laughs> and I was just like, can't uh, let go. Yeah, just can't let go. All right, bud. Uh, thanks for showing up this week. And for everybody listening at home, thank you. We'll see you all very soon.